Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. break or a, a infirmary day i was sick most of last week and i think everybody else's schedules were a little bit hellish anyway so uh I think it was winter break right yeah <laughs> a winter break it's not wrong it's not wrong um but yeah we're uh we're back we're recording on on monday and you know uh just just like you absolutely would um would expect from from this group of people uh max and i watched fairly large chunks of the oscars last night Did you wait guys... that doesn't sound yeah. right yeah. i wait, i, no. I, I oscars? so here's the thing is both of you i know are connoisseurs of comedy and so when you saw that jimmy kimmel was hosting the oscars you said i bet he's got some really good jokes and Especially, you're like, I hope he has some topical jokes about, I don't know, about physical violence. And he just tells them nonstop, even the five minutes I watched. And ah, I really disliked it. Yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) Just, I I watched for 15 minutes and he made two jokes about it. There's there's so many questions about the show that we could dig into. Um, I don't think I've ever actually watched it before, but I did watch it with a group of friends. Um, a watch party, if you will. Uh, I don't think it needs a host. I don't think it needs all the little side stories. And, <laughs> it could just be the awards and then a little longer for the speeches, and that's it. <laughs> and yet at the same time, it does feel a little bit weird to have what is on it. You know, like... The Oscars exist just like the Grammys. It exists to be a night of celebration and self-congratulation. And so, like, it is kind of weird to do something like that without an MC. So, like, I get why they feel like they need to have a host. But, like, the best the best thing, I think, uh, by far, non-acceptance speech division from last night was the lead-in to the Cinematography Award, where Michael Bajordan and Jonathan Majors talked for a few minutes and gave like a, a historical explanation of how the like the lengths that old filmmakers like Orson Welles had to do to like reposition giant film cameras in order to get different shot angles like shooting up at people kind of from ground level they would have to like cut holes in the floor to actually lower the cameras down and and they like they demonstrated you know the sort of ease with which that has changed due to you know modern technology and like that was really cool and illuminating and like 
the I think the way that I'd want to see them do it if they were going to go the no host route would be to do way more stuff like that because that was like this is what's cool about the movies this is a thing that you a person who watches Creed 3 does not know about Creed 3 guaranteed yeah and I mean that I I didn't even realize that they did that but that is really cool and I think that 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 in some way speaks to like who who is watching if you're watching the Oscars Mm -hmm. chances are and and Max I think this is this is how I want to get to like what how I think you've expressed yourself post Oscars which is that these like these aren't people watching the Oscars are, are pretty curious people and they have they have a natural curiosity and like even for well i i mean you want to sit through a four-hour thing and part of it is is a movie that has uh, a bunch of irish people in really really sad circumstances i don't think so i think that but you're curious and like show me more tell me why i should be going and watching more movies and and max i think that i don't know if it was the cinematography thing though i I find that very curious and and would appreciate that but I feel like your curiosity was piqued by the Oscars and, and I'm interested to know if was it stuff like that or were you just like the almost the, the guilt of, wow, I really should have seen this movie. So, well, first of all, if you're talking about the Banshees of Inishirin, they're not in that sad of circumstance. It's it's more of a, of a funny circumstance presented in an Irish kind of sad way. <laughs> I don't know. There's, uh, and there's Colin death Farrell and mutilation is a, is a, and fire treasure, in it. So. Yeah, but that's it's all funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so my take is kind of interesting. I've never watched it before, as far as I can recall. And I'm not terribly interested in the awards themselves, with the exception of knowing them for trivia purposes. Like, I don't think necessarily that the winner of Best Picture is going to be my favorite movie every year. But it's a statement that says, oh, there's some quality behind that movie that piques my interest, usually. <laughs> But the thing for me is that I feel like there's so many streaming services nowadays. There's so many ways to get movies. Like, it's no longer, you don't, we've talked about it before, you don't just go to the movie store and pick your movies. Now there's movies on Netflix, and movies on Hulu, and movies on HBO, and movies on Paramount, and Peacock. I could name streaming services for 20 minutes that all have different movies. And I, on top of the fact that I'm watching a lot of streaming, don't watch a lot of commercial TV anymore, and I don't really go to movies, which means I don't have natural exposure to movie trailers. Mm. So for me, with the exception of like the one during the Super Bowl. So for me, it was kind of an opportunity to take the massive catalog of movies that are available to me and start to filter down to some that I may be interested in watching. Uh, Because even of the Best Picture winners, there was 10 movies nominated for Best Picture. And as per usual, I don't think I'd heard of half of them. Yeah, and that's so, and that's, that's since... kind of what I liked about it was really just it shows you throughout the show there's a trailer for at least all the best pictures mm-hmm. throughout the show as well as like glimpses of scenes from other movies that are like oh you know that might be interesting like the Woody Harrelson Triangle of Sadness I've never heard of that movie they showed the you know minute long trailer because it was nominated for best picture and I was like huh that that looks kind of fun so yeah and and that and you only knowing half of them comes after they added they went from five to to ten because they realized that a lot of the people watching hadn't seen any of these movies and it's like we should be more inclusive 
just in terms of like the the kind of so you see like i don't know if avatar would have been nominated in the old days anyways but it adds more and like you know top gun maverick which i understand is a solid movie in a lot of ways like that probably wouldn't have been included before but i I, it's i'm glad you mentioned kind of the the netflix and, and things like that um what it sounds like this sort of did for you is that you know the oscars is a way to digest the year and be like point maybe point me in a direction because there is so much that i potentially have to filter through with all these places and one could argue that well the nice thing about these places like if i am a subscriber to uh shutter um I, I just want horror movies. And so I can do that. I don't need to filter through anything. I'm just, I have this one track mind. But if you're maybe more broadly looking at things, you do need this concentration. And I know for me, because I'm trying to stay engaged and like watch movies I should and go back and are watch movies that, uh, you know, could be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's so much that, that I need to keep up with to say nothing of going back and, being like, oh, I, it's been a long time since I've watched The Third Man. Maybe I should watch that. Maybe I should watch more Carol Reed movies. Um, so for me, I find it very overwhelming. Whereas Max, you're kind of like, I'm just going to wait till this digestion period so that I can maybe be be pointed out and be, I, I don't know, have have a have a guidepost um, as I wade through all this stuff. I just realized what my version of this is. My version of that is... November and December when all of the year-end album rankings come out that is like my time to put together a list of all of the music that I didn't get to over the year um, and let that list sit in the pages of a pocket notebook for several years unlistened to (laughs) Um, but yeah I don't I'm not totally sure that I agree that like the median Oscars viewer is like a curious film fan. I think that that kind of broadly underestimates the American fascination with celebrity in general. I would guess that the median Oscars viewer is someone who is like, this is a lot of celebrities. I want to watch the red carpet stuff. I want to see everyone in their dresses and tuxedos. I want to hear the speeches, um, but is not necessarily someone who cares so much about the movies. But the thing that I get interested for, because I'm I'm a, a jaded old bitch, um, is that historically, uh, let's just say the Academy's got a type. Mm-hmm. And so on, on so many occasions, not only would you not expect, you know, the, the, movie that wins best picture in a given year to be your favorite movie from the year. Like it's hardly even a a true signifier of kind of any reasonable conception of what the best movie was. And so the thing, and and I, I will say, I don't, I don't watch the Oscars very intently. I, I was at Emily's and she wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay, I can, I can put this basketball game on mute on my computer and probably pay more attention to that at most points. But like when I do watch the thing that I think I'm looking for is the, the sort of unexpected 
thing that happens the the every once in a while when they seemingly get it right and like get out of their own way so emily and i were kind of going in blind we also had not seen hardly any of the big nominees um but for every award that was being presented we'd like kind of make a prediction based on the little clips that they showed right before um and i was leaving before they got to like the really big ones at the end the lead acting and uh best picture and best director and i was absolutely one million percent certain as i left to go home uh that best picture and best director would be won by the fablemans because there is nothing in the world that the academy likes more than giving best picture to a movie about movies yeah, and and I think one thing that is is in there about what they like to do is that, or rather a movie, sorry, a movie about Hollywood. Oh yeah, I I feel like what they like they they gave best picture to a movie about movies in Hollywood. <laughs> no, they um, gave best picture to a movie about everything. Oh, oh, I, oh everywhere. <laughs> Um, anyways uh but no like that's that's the thing that i watch for i watch for moonlight beating la la land i watch for everything everywhere all at once like a quirky unexpected movie that pretty much everyone who saw it loved it because it was something different winning over the kind of movie that you could set your watch to you know to it's gonna win best a picture movie that chat before. gpt could write the screenplay for <laughs> yeah well i mean and this this comes from and we talked about this a little bit before but like historically this is a big night for for the it's an award show for the industry of hollywood that's true and and you know the studios that made it and it's very very important driver for california existing and its tremendous economy like I mean, and if, as you start rolling things back, I'm just waiting for the Henry Abbott on True Hoop to be like, actually, the thing that funded all of the terrible things of the 20th century can be tied back to Hollywood. Because that's that's absolutely true. I mean, it's driver of money and you have people producing movies and they have money to produce these big movies. But so it's a, it's a celebration of all that. And so historically, it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, a, a, a film, it was very easy for a film like Moonlight to not get made or... Or something like uh, Women Talking to not get made. Or basically all the movies that A24 does. Because, you know, these studios, they every, everything kind of goes through them. The idea of independent cinema was very, very hard. Not that it's not hard now, but that was the thing. And it was their night to celebrate. You still see that with, like, the Grammys sometimes, too. You're like, who is this Joker who's winning? They're not even a new artist. Why are they winning this award? And it's like, it's still so, you know, industry focused and everything. So, I mean, I I think that, yeah, going against type and celebrating things that aren't necessarily what they've always done has been good and really refreshing of late. Now, I think that one thing that Max alluded to, and, and I've thought about a lot is it does seem like that there is so much out there and it's not that there are 
more independent things because Netflix is one of the biggest production companies in the world at this point. Um, the pond is definitely bigger. All of the fish in it are still, for the most part, big fish. And maybe there are more smaller fish compared to before, but on a, you know, on a proportion, I think that they're still mostly very big things. And so that if you're trying to make a movie and, and make a, make a big buzz from it, there are a lot of like, I don't know, you have to make a pretty, pretty big splash to, to get that going. Um, I mean, the, and I'll, oh, I forget, uh, was it called for Leslie that the, the woman was nominated for best actress after kind of a weird campaign at the end but it was a movie that like no one had had seen but her performance is apparently magical and it takes a lot in terms of i think like Kate Blanchett being like this person's great to get to that that level so i think it is still you know really really hard to move out of the you know the same foundations they've always had which is we will celebrate things within the confines of our normal celebratory maneuvers Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I came out of, I definitely came out of last night with kind of a, a small, well, let's say a small checklist of like movies that I, I would really like to see. I have not seen everything everywhere all at once. Uh, I know that of the, the three of us, I am the only one that has not seen it. Um, so like I, I, my plan is to watch it this week because uh, in part because just like the level of excitement and joy from everybody that won for that movie was like it was infectious is like i want to be a part of this too and that's a perfect yeah. example where as as far as i know that movie is not streaming anywhere on the common streaming platforms so you would have to seek it out presumably through like you said stars yeah, so I've, I'm I'm gonna watch it through like, yeah, because Amazon you can now do these like channel subscriptions and you can essentially pay mm -hmm. what you would pay directly yeah. to Stars or whoever but, to just get it through the, kind of the Prime where, like, Video app. But like, you can't watch it for free. Engine, exactly. Like you wouldn't you if you go if you if your default for looking for a movie for the evening is now to go on Netflix and see what's recommended for you or popular, you'll never see that movie. And that's kind of my my point about exposure versus like, you know, music and books like there are central organizations that will that will recommend things for you uh, in a different way than 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 video content has has become. So and I'm glad you got to this because this is something that I have struggled with over the last few years. And in part, it's I moved to a new place um, in this new place. It wasn't a it wasn't a good time to go to movie theaters for a while there. Mm -hmm. And prior to moving here, I lived in a place where there were people who were really into movies and they would recommend movies or be like, do you want to go see this movie? Um, I either have it or we can go see it together. And that has gone away. So I've had to reset. And so I get all those recommendations, be it on my TV or whatever, Max, that, that just felt like too much. So what I've started to do, and we've talked about before, Videodrome here in Atlanta, which is amazing, and I trust the recommendations, but specifically to movies, um, there's the Plaza Theater here, which I've gone, that's where I saw everything uh, everywhere all at once. Um, it's where in the last couple of months, they're like, hey, we're doing a special screening of 
Casablanca, a movie I had never seen oh. in 35 millimeter. Um, so on actual film, they also did In the Mood for Love on Valentine's Day on again on 35 millimeter film. And I went and saw that. And it's in part because I, there are lots of things I haven't seen or I've seen them before. But um, I do think that there is something really special about seeing a movie in a theater, in a theater that cares and the Oscars does remind me of that. I, it does make me think about that. So, you know, Max, if it's encouraging you to go, you know, watch it at home, it's great. It's doing something. For me, what it's reminding me of is like, I really like this theater and I'm putting my trust in them to curate stuff because it's it's very much an independent theater. They're not going to show the new Jurassic Park movie. They will show new movies. They show new movies every week, but they also probably 50% is like, Hey, um, you know, everything everywhere all at once, we're going to, we're going to put it on again because it's great. Or around Christmas went and saw Muppet Christmas Carol there because they put that on and everyone had a blast. So I think that for me, I'm reminded that I really need to put my trust in them and to continue to see movies here because that's a, you know, push me in some ways. Whereas the Netflix engine is do the same stuff you've been doing. Here's another movie we created this week speaking to that. Yes, that's that's the thing. It's 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 just like the the elimination of friction from all facets of our life. You know, like that that is what the these like recommendation engines are tuned for is like don't worry, sit back, we got you. And like n- n- no, I don't that's not and, what I aspire to. And like we were talking before we started recording about how the last like four movies that I've seen in a theater have all been things that were either like already directly released to streaming services or had a very short theatrical run before going on, you know, Netflix or the like. And at the same time, like I wouldn't with the exception of the eyes of Tammy Faye, which as I said, was one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. Um, I don't think that I would have enjoyed any of those movies nearly as much. If my first experience with them was on my TV screen at home, um, th- there, there's something, you know, the, I, I think the Martin Scorsese point of view that like, you know, Marvel movies are not cinema and nothing. You can't enjoy it if you don't see it on a big screen. Like that's over the top, but there is something that is undeniably kind of majestic about seeing Denzel Washington as Macbeth that comes from seeing it on a theater screen in a dark room with other people like it's it's that communal experience like that communal experience thing is real it and, it really does make like a tangible contribution to how seeing a movie feels i think at least yeah, and you so have like to be, yeah you, know. you have to be part of a society when you go and see a movie even if there's like one other person there you are going to be focused on that because you understand that if if you're checking your phone and doing all the stuff you normally do when you're watching a movie at home, uh, you're 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 hurting you're hurting the rest of the audience in some way. Well, I assume you you are reasonable people, but um, yeah, I think that's where the magic is. One thing I don't want to lose sight of is one thing that is nice about 
you going and watching movies based off of the Oscar Max is unlike, say, me and, and maybe Sean, you're going to reset this that algorithm in some way. You're going to create friction. And I think that that will be to your benefit because now it'll probably cast a wider net in terms of like what you're going to be introduced to. And again, I think that's that's good. It's like you're you're checking your comfort zone in in some ways and maybe maybe it won't register but in theory you might and i think that's that's another like really positive thing to your response to the oscars yeah i mean i if they're not streaming for free i'll probably get them from blockbuster so i don't know if those will go into the algorithm but well you they, they'll go Perhaps. into they'll go into your algorithm which is your brain don't don't undersell that but um, and because you mentioned because you mentioned something that was at its peak in the '90s, I do want to mention, and I, you know, we don't need to spend too long on it. But I did just finish the book *Silver Screen Fiend*, which is Patton Oswalt's book slash memoir about him watching movies as his career started taking off in in the mid the mid '90s. Um, I, I've, I'm not I'm not a fan of uh, that's not fair. I I, I appreciate the comedians are out there and they have a job and they work really hard and everything else. But I'm like not amazed by the people he's, he's mentioning the book and working with. I knew some of them, but certainly not all of them. Um, and I've, I'm not like, I haven't seen their work, but he talks endlessly as is kind of the backbone of the book about going to a one local movie theater in particular in Los Angeles and seeing movies there like four times a week for four years. It's not, not exact, but he, had before streaming and when as he said like dvds were like a fancy thing that he dreamed one day he could have like when it really was limited like being able to go to a movie theater that was doing its own thing and showing things um the first thing he saw was a double bill of sunset boulevard and ace in the hole those were not recent movies by any stretch of that time but just kind of putting the trust in that movie theater and saw a lot a lot of movies that were dogs and some that I think are good and he just disagreed with like Hiroshima Mon Amour um but like having that trust and being like this is my algorithm I think it will work out and it clearly did in a lot of ways but being able to learn from that and you know I think what it is is it's the difference between having a teacher or a mentor versus a yes a yes person and that's kind of what a lot of these services end up being as they're like all right we need 20 shows that are true crimey and we need to start <laughs> producing them what's the next trend what what is the trend and there there've always been really trendy theaters or or places and everything else so it's not like it's not like it this is a new phenomenon but that's kind of what it is it's like your your id is being fed all the time and i think it's important to have that checked and if that's the oscars great if that's uh the criterion collection great if it's a blockbuster thing that you have nearby great but i don't know i like i like being mentored in my movie watching because it's what i'm used to it's what i'm once had and am trying to find and this time of year reminds me of that as did silver screen fiend yeah and it's like it's good to have those mentors that you're talking about but it's also the other thing that I, I was thinking about when you were mentioning Patton Oswalt going to see lots of movies that were dogs is like you know 
part of one of the big things about the removal of all the friction is one of the big pieces of friction that they've removed is like any sort of feeling of requirement that you see something that you don't like. Like 10 years ago, if you went to go, you know, you paid for a movie ticket and you went to the theater and the movie, you didn't like it. Like maybe you'd get up and walk out halfway through if it was that bad, but I don't know. Otherwise you'd probably stick it out now. Like, the, that's the, that's the, the point urge. when Max would walk into the theater and be like, "Oh, I see this is a good one." <laughs> the urge <laughs> to just leaving. like hit the you know hit the eject button and you know parachute out of a movie that you're watching on your couch after 15 minutes like it's so easy to do that and it's not supposed to be. I don't I don't think like I think I think these things require a certain level of commitment on your part. And so like you know maybe maybe having the Oscars as a reminder that like there is another way to do this is kind of good. And that's a callback to that was my you put into it words better than I could in our blockbuster episode, but it's like when you go to Blockbuster and get a DVD and you bring it home, you've committed to watching that movie. Yeah. And once you put it in your DVD player and then you go sit on the couch, like, I'm not getting up and, and get taking it out. I'm watching it. I paid for it. It's, and if you don't... But if I'm on Netflix, like, I start a documentary and I'm like, oh, it's another Mormon murder? Like, I don't want to watch this and I'll turn it off. <laughs> and, I, you put it into words much better than me, but it, there is some commitment to it. And it's, it's similar of, uh, you know... If if yeah. you if you watch a movie on Netflix and you or anything else, I don't want to just besmirch Netflix because sure. Netflix is feeding us. Um, uh, you can turn off a Netflix film because if you rent a DVD or and bring it home, or honestly, if you pay for one from one of the things, uh, like you rent it that way, there has to be a why attached to you turning it off. Because, and it's the same thing with you if you buy a book, like there are, there are many Jonathan Franzen books behind me that, that I have started or considered and then been like, no. And there are specific reasons why it's not just because. And I think that's, that's kind of the difference. I, well, I, I, I don't want us to get bogged down in that. I think we should, we should call it here. I will say I feel differently about books. I think that's fine because I'm not vibing with this is all the reason you need to drop a book. Because it's such a yeah. like, there's the too much. There's so much too bigger. much commitment. You're committing yeah. to like a week of work on this. Mm, no, thank you. Um, Agreed. What I would I like guess to I just wanted to, to besmirch Jonathan France, and I guess that's what happened there. And, and I won't to, apologize for that. And who doesn't love that? Uh, what I would like to commit to right now uh, is hearing an apology from Pierce. What do you got this week for Pierce? Sorry. So, uh, I was making. I realized that there were a series of, of uh, things that occurred. And I am not apologizing for the sake-induced fire that occurred in my house last week. I wrote it down, but I realized that was not the problem here. Because <laughs> it's everything that preceded. I got pork chops. I intended to make pork chops on the grill. And I lit my gas grill for the first time this year. First thing that I had to apologize for. 
there was no gas or there was there was gas in the grill. There was not enough for the cooking time I needed. So that was a bummer. So, you know, there goes me trying to fully preheat it for the first time of the year. It, it burned out like five minutes after I had done that. <laughs> so I brought it inside. And then I was frustrated. I w- wasn't really fully committed there. They still tasted good. But one thing that was supposed to be on them was a pan sauce because we switched and moved inside. And then I failed at making that in part because I started a fire with sake. So this could have all been avoided if I had checked the gas and really thought critically about how much gas was in the tank on my propane grill. But I did not do that. A fire happened. There was no pan sauce. Um, Everything still turned out really well. But as always, check the gas in your grill before you turn it on. Because you could start a fire elsewhere in your house. Yes, the primary the primary danger of, <laughs> of gas gas fire cooking is uh, indoor sake fires. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's run through a big idea from pop culture real quick. Um, what's What have I been taking in lately? Uh, oh, uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 2 is on Hulu. I had never seen... Uh, History of the World Part 1 until like last week uh, Emily and I watched it I, I don't think it will shock you to know that a, uh, a Mel Brooks movie that was made close to 50 years ago um, not 100% of it holds up very well <laughs> um, but they they revived it as a like a mini series uh, on Hulu that just uh, that just went up last week. Uh, so I've, I think I've only seen the first episode. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of faces you will recognize and uh, good, good kind of sketch satire of uh, memorable moments since, say, the Roman and French revolutions, which is about where the French Revolution, I think, is about where History of the World Part One leaves off. Um so <clears throat> really in, enjoying it so far. So yeah, um in case you needed a recommendation for what to do with your Hulu time, maybe that's it. Uh all right. We don't have Kevin. You you probably figured that out by now. Uh <laughs> but that doesn't mean uh that that we can't do trivia. We we will pose this question to to Kevin later. Uh, but but Max, take it away. I I have chosen as the uh, the acting uh, last place <laughs> member uh, have chosen a music question. You have, and this question is is very relevant to our conversation today. And uh, I'm guessing based on a comment Sean made earlier in the podcast that it might be very easy for him. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's a generic music question. You mentioned that you like to read the end of the year, November and December, uh, top artists, top albums, things like that. And so this is a question that I actually have multiple choice answers for, but I don't think I'm going to give them to you because I think that would make it too easy. (laughs) So according to Billboard, who, again, we were talking about a central body to recommend 
movies, Netflix isn't going to do it. But Billboard, at least music seems to be a central body, though they probably are somehow tied to record labels, tied to radio stations. So maybe they wouldn't recommend independent music. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Point is, according to Billboard's top 200 albums list and Billboard's year-end top artist, what musical artist or group ended 2022 with both the being on the top of both of those lists? The top album of 2022 and the top artist of 2022, according to Billboard. I can give multiple choices, but... Yeah, do you need the multiple choice, Sean? I I, I am not going to say no to multiple choice. I don't know that I need it, but I also will not say no to them, especially (laughs) because we're absolutely going to need to extend them to Kevin. So, yeah, let's do it. All right, fair enough. Uh, Is it option A, Bad Bunny... Option B, Taylor Swift. Option C, Adele. Or option D, Harry Styles. Wow. Okay. And was your initial reaction gut on that list? Yes. Okay. Do you both have answers? Uh, I do. I'm. I'm gonna stick to my. I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one. Yes. So your guns were both you. The person, the, the I guess person, because they're all individuals. Mm-hmm. The individual you thought of was on the list. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Pierce, who do you think it was? I think it was Bad Bunny. And Sean, <sighs> I, I'm I'm now second guessing myself because I have a feeling that Bad Bunny is the right answer, but I will also stick to my guns and say Harry Styles. Okay, we we are on. I was going to switch to Harry Styles. And you were going to switch to Bad Bunny. So I, good. This is perfect. Should we strike a deal and take half a point each? <laughs> well, you know, this is, this is unless the thing we're where. Both just, unless we're both double wrong. This is the thing where, where I, I think it is important to find someone in your life that when you go to dinner, they get this, the, the, your <laughs> second favorite Dude, we're thing. dumb we'll as hell. Taylor Swift put out an Harry album Styles, in 2022. Huh? We're dumb as no, hell. Taylor not, Swift no. put out an album. It, What's the answer, Max? What's the answer, Max? The answer is Bad Bunny. Yes! Here's your <sighs> yeah. correct. Uh, WWE Sean, I Superstar you not Bad changing Bunny. your answer based on uh, what Pierce said. But, I play, we play with integrity. Yeah. Yes. Taylor Swift did put out an album in 2022. Um, to be fair, those those four were, I believe, the top four on the list. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. The, but, the, the um, thought that I had momentarily was... Um, there is only one of those artists that Plan 9 in Richmond um, staged like a release party for. And that was, of course, the Taylor Swift album. Um, <laughs> but enough. yeah, yeah, man. Did Merrick Garland Wrong side of up? coin flip. You need to more closely read your uh, end of year, November and December billboard list i thought that one was interesting i don't know that I was a good question I, I liked it a lot i wouldn't have guessed that <laughs> um Only yeah one of billboard those, is well, not where i get my this is from not where i am getting my uh year-end rankings from but that's uh uh it's nice that it was a callback that's kind of that was good yeah mm-hmm. um all right well we'll see we'll see who kevin comes up with um but in the meantime, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening.